Rambo said yesterday that um, at some point while you're in hospitals that he was going to beat your butt. That wasn't the word that he used, but did you have any response for that? In golf? <laughs> I think he, I think he meant on the football field. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll come a day, you know. Let's go right here in the middle of the damn field. Let's bring it down, take it on three. Hell yeah! Because this is our house from now on. Yes, sir. Take it on three. One, two, three. Seven. But I'm going to tell you this. We ain't done yet. i got to ask you about the message on your shirt. Uh, my favorite holiday of the year, I guess. And, you know, so... Just, um, someone gave me a shirt and Merry Christmas, they spelled it wrong, so, you know, it was free. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? That's a, yeah, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, that <laughs> we played LSU because, you know, New England, Green Bay, and the Chiefs uh, had somebody scheduled. You know what we're going to do, though? We've got to quickly call the Hogs for the race back. Yep. <laughs> the fact you're dressed as Darth Vader, do you feel like you were somewhat of a villain in this fight? I mean, you charged out on the field pretty hard. I was trying to get our players off the field, you know, because I know we have a big game next week. All I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to want this shit. Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Yeah, so, hey, just uh, for a little transparency here, we're recording at least this part of the show, before the Tennessee game. So we do not know how the Tennessee game ended. Uh, in just a second, we're going to cut to our live reaction of how that all went down. But uh, how you feeling, Shane, going – I th- I thought – I just felt it would be great to get your reaction leading up to the game and then <laughs> tag it with your reaction right after the game. Well, I'm glad that you, you led in with that because if we lose this damn game and they turn on the – Shane's so damn happy – uh, you know, I'm pumped up right now. I think this is going to be an ass beating waiting to happen. And, uh, I, I'm looking forward to putting up some points and, and just, I don't know, just being fun for once, man. Tissy ain't been fun in a long time. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And, uh, I hope that it's a positive reaction to the game. Cause like you said, we're going to jump on right after the game. We're going to do a quick recap and, uh, include it here. So here it is. All right, Shane, so we just watched the game, literally just got off the line uh, watching that game, hopped on the, the call here. Tennessee wins it 38-6 to over Bowling Green. Thank God for that, Shane. Otherwise, uh, I don't think I would have got you on the line here. But uh, instant reactions to, to the, the beginning of the Josh Heupel era. We're in trouble, Mike. We are in <laughs> big trouble, man. <laughs> I tell you what, when you see stats saying that uh, Bowling Green, you okay, you look at the numbers, you look at a box score, and you say 38-6, Tennessee whoops some ass. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that team is awful. <laughs> I, <laughs> some of the stats that were coming out, they were like uh, 70% of this this crew, you know, was 
true freshman or something like that. The center, I think he was working at the Shoney's last week. And they said, hey, they found out he could snap the ball. So they brought him down here to Neyland Stadium and we could barely get through to him. So, I, I, I mean, we, we've got a long road ahead of us, Mike. I know this was a tune-up game. And there's going to be a lot of people are going to be like, Shane, why are you so negative? I mean, if you watch the same game that I did, it was nonstop. Milton, oh, man, Milton's got an arm. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we didn't recruit enough eight-foot wide receivers, Mike. I'm wondering if Fulkerson could come down and do a little receiving for us because that's what we're going to need to catch some of his long balls, you know? So, uh I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to stay positive, Mike. I am because we got a victory. I don't care if they're all ugly, but uh, that's that's not the start I was expecting with the Hopple error. Yeah, uh, Tyon Evans, the running back. At least he was the. He looks like the real deal again. It kind of goes back to what you're saying. How much can you take away from the fact they were playing Bowling Green, who? I swear to God, mm-hmm. the coach was running out the clock in the fourth quarter. He's down 30 <laughs> points. I, I don't know what in the hell he's thinking other than, you know, let's survive this and, and go into our conference slate here. So, I mean, even the coach wasn't playing to win. And no. I think you see some of the, you know, there's so much, uh, there was so much hype. And, and I'll admit I bought into some of it with Joe Milton, but it's a little bit more of um, what I saw from him at Michigan. You know, a, a mm-hmm. very talented guy, huge arm. He can run. He, he had uh, several runs, several uh, two rushing touchdowns, but yeah, just very inconsistent. That certainly, you know, you can hopefully he'll be more consistent as the season goes along. But hell, in our text threads, I've had ones with others. People are calling <laughs> for Hendon Hooker. Uh, we're seeing people hitting us up on uh, on Twitter asking where Harrison Bailey. So uh, I, maybe that's just natural to want to go to the backup, but. Uh, yeah, he yeah. Joe Milton's not going to be some savior that some people you know, no. were hoping that he was going to be. You know what? No, but maybe he buys time for someone else in in, in that quarterback room. You know, right. uh, I, I I I see what you're saying. Uh, my expectations were a little bit higher. I mean, the guy's built like a Greek god. Mm-hmm. I, if you're if you're building a quarterback on Madden, that's what he looks like. And and he fit the 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 mold, but unfortunately, you could see some of the indecisiveness. Even with running, Mike, uh, there was sometimes it was like, "What are you doing?" There, you could get this. You are an athlete, man. You can get that two yards. And and sometimes he just he picked the wrong hole to go in. And I, I, I so that's not what you can have in this. I, I guess in in Hopple's system, and I think it's going to rear its ugly head when we get into competitive play, and hopefully not next week. But, uh, you know, it is the first game of the season, so I don't want to get too too down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I am. I, I mean, am after a two upset. possessions, we were fired up now, right? Man, I was I was crowning a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to cancel my my airfare down to Atlanta. So, uh, but it, I, I would tell you. Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. If anybody missed it, Shane, can you share what you tweeted at halftime? I thought it was the funniest damn thing I saw all night. <laughs> yeah, let me pull it up here. I, yeah, I put out there that Bishop Sycamore would kick our ass. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'd have to face uh, Chad Morris's Texas high school team down there right now. Uh, I think he'd give us a run for our money. But, you know, there were some good pieces. There were not some not-so-good pieces. Uh, I thought Hyatt, you know, I was expecting big things from him, mm-hmm. and he had some crucial drops. You know, there was a couple – I mean, not there was a lot of – 
passes that that should have been caught that weren't but right. you know it seems like when it was it was high uh unfortunately and I, I don't like it you know i don't like to get on these kids but uh he kind of reminded me of that uh you remember that movie replacements uh, uh orlando <laughs> yeah. what's his name jones <laughs> he's like the fastest guy you know but he just can't catch so hopefully he figures that out and uh maybe we can find a couple more receivers on this team because uh, our quarterback needs help man yeah, and you know, one thing we haven't hit on, and again, maybe it goes back to the opponent, so you can't read too much into it, but I thought the defense looked a lot better. You know, we all expected it to be a huge disaster that they opened the game, mm-hmm. uh, f- forced Bowling Green to consecutive three and outs, and then there were moments like Tennessee went for it on a fourth and short and got stopped, and then Tennessee responded mm-hmm. by holding to what a three and out. Uh, there was another situation yeah. where Joe Milton got strip sacked and Bowling Green got the ball. Uh, right there on the edge of scoring possession. And what happened? Tennessee defense held him to a three and out. And, and mm-hmm. Bowling Green went for it on fourth. They even stopped him on fourth down. So, you know, there's there's some positives there. Again, it may go back to Bowling Green not having that great of a team. But uh, at least yeah. the defense is not uh, embarrassing to the point to where some people thought it may be uh, at least the first game of the season. Positive spin, Mike. Again, we're walking away one and zero. You know, we just need a few games to hit the the six and that's it. I think we're we're shooting for the six games right. uh, to get to a bowl, uh, and, and that comes next week. And and I think when you're looking at these teams, it, it, you can talk to any coach. The biggest improvement you can make with your team is from week one to week two. So I, I think if we if we take some major steps forward next week, I think we can get to six, maybe seven, something like that, catch a few of these guys. But I'm telling you, if we, if we don't have this thing oiled up, I mean, you, you saw it bowling green, man. When you go three and out, it don't, I don't give a shit who's on the field. You're going to lose, man. So right. we cannot, we cannot afford to not be efficient if we're going to play this style of offense. Now, last thing I got for you, Shane, now that Tennessee has won their game here on Thursday, you get to breathe mm-hmm. easy on Saturday. Just enjoy. There's not going to be any pressure, no, <laughs> no uh, nervousness, nothing. You just get to enjoy Saturday's SEC action. How great is that going to be? Well, as soon as we get past my lock of the week, I mean, I just had $100 <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Shane Bate, before we get to uh, our picks for the rest of the week, got to mention uh, the sponsor, Shane, Prize Picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Well, you can download the app on your phone, or if you got a smartphone, of course, and uh, put in that promo code SEC. They'll match your initial deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks. And they're having a promo right now, Shane. If uh, Georgia and Clemson, if there's a point scored, every single person that signs up using that promo code SEC gets a free fifty dollars added to their account. So, how can you beat Gosh. it? You know what? Yes, come on, man. It's free money if they score a point. I think that's going to happen. So, yes, get, sign me up. Imagine if they had 26 overtimes and there was not a score. They're just like, to hell with this. You know, how much it how starts, much hell we'd get, you know? It starts raining, and then it's like, oh, we're just going to have to finish tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know how that plays. Just kidding. That's not going to happen. It's free 50 bucks. Get on there. <laughs> All right, one other thing, Shane, before we hit to uh, our picks for the first week of uh, the SEC weekend, we got our buddy Brett Sianka reached out to Pick 6 Previews, one of our favorites. 
in the college football media to break down some of these games and, and really share insight that uh, Shane and I don't have on the teams outside of the SEC. So let's kick it over to our interview with Brett Sianca. All right, we're pleased to uh, once again be joined by friend of the show, Brett Sianca, pick six previews, literally the best out there when you're talking preview magazines. Brett, I really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. And, uh, you know, you're catching me on a great time. It's uh, We're recording here Thursday, opening night in college football. You know, I feel like a little kid on Christmas Eve with all these great games coming up, a full season finally after a rocky 2020 and a, a heck of an off season. So uh, I've been working on this season for about eight months now, and I just can't wait to kick it off and break it down on the show here. Yeah, you sound like Cousin Shane. He's probably a couple beers deep, and we're about seven hours from kickoff here on Rocky Top. So I do appreciate you carving out this time. And uh, before we get rolling here, of course, uh, you have a, a promo here for your preview book for the listeners. Why don't you share that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, so this is my 10th annual season preview book. Uh, those first nine seasons, I was graded the most accurate Power Five in the country uh, compared to all the ones you see on newsstands and online. And uh, this is a digital download. It's all 65 Power Five teams, uh, and it's a one-man show. So it's a, a mix of my numbers, my graphics, uh, and then my calls with coordinators and coaches, and breaking it all down for you. So, And I know we're kind of late in the preview book cycle, so I have a nice discount code there for anyone interested. It's SEC, uh, simple enough. Just type SEC in there at checkout for a nice discount. And uh, a couple sample pages up there and testimonials as well. So I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, and it's a perfect time to buy the book and get a preview of the season if uh, maybe the season snuck up on on you like it did a lot of us. But, uh, of course, I have Brett on the show to talk about the four Power Five conference matchups we've got this weekend in the SEC, provide some insight on some of these non-conference teams. But i got to ask you, Brett, before we get to those four matchups, anything else that you'll be having your eye on this weekend in the SEC you know, there's so many uh, coaching turnovers and uh, transfer quarterbacks coming into the league. Anything that uh, you, you're maybe more interested in than, than just about anything else with uh, the teams that are not in one of these four showcase games? Oh, for sure. I mean, I could go on and on about this topic. I can't wait to see all of them in action, really. Uh, first, speaking to quarterbacks, I want to see Haynes King at Texas A&M. I think that they have a strong defense returning and so much firepower at the skill positions, all American caliber at the skill positions. So really, I, th I think they're a quarterback away from contending for the SEC and potentially even the playoffs. So I want to see the first look at Haynes King, this dual threat, um, taking over at A&M. Um, additionally, a quarterback down in South Carolina with uh, the grad, grad transfer, grad assistant, GA, uh, mm -hmm. taking over at quarterback. That's quite a story. Uh, I want to see how that new, new look offense looks under Shane Beamer. Uh, another new look offense with Kentucky. Uh, if they can get anything out of their pass game, I know um, it'll be early on in the season, but I want to see what that new offense looks like. I'm sure they're going to retain that power run identity. That great offensive line is back, but can we get anything out of the pass game? Because I think if you can mix in some passing, that makes them a top 25 caliber team. Um, and then of course the four we're going to break down are just in colossal matchups. A lot of them. So very excited to see some power five matchups right out of the gate. Uh, but no, there's so much to, so much to get excited for. I, I can't wait. Well, let's just get right into the action then, Brett, with the National Showcase game here. Let's start with Alabama versus Miami. The game is in uh, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium there in Atlanta. Thoughts on this matchup, and uh, can you provide uh, our Alabama listeners with some insight 
into uh, the Miami program. Yeah, absolutely. So with Miami, uh, it all starts at quarterback. You have uh, an absolute game changer there with De'Ara King. Uh, he came in and to a program that had really struggled in a couple areas, specifically offensive line and quarterback. Uh, he came in and really solidified that position. And not only that, but brought some game-changing uh, playmaking ability. You saw it all last year, and I think he's back healthy, ready to go uh, to run Rhett Lashley's power spread offense. Uh, but for this matchup, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic on Miami. Um, I, I, I like Alabama to really roll here out of the gates uh, for a couple of reasons. I think that Alabama is going to start the season defense first for the first time since 2015. Just, to, just by a matter of experience and star power, uh, it's more proven right now on the defensive side, especially that front seven. And that is a, a terrible matchup for Miami because their offensive line is still shaky year after year. And uh, if you check the injury reports or the rumor mill, you see that Zion Nelson, their All-American offensive lineman, is questionable or doubtful. So uh, just another blow to Miami's chances. Um, and then also when you think about what made Miami special last year, it was their defensive pass rush. They had these three guys, uh, Jalen Phillips, a five-star, Greg Rousseau, and Quincy Roche, the former All-AAC Player of the Year from Temple. So uh, now all three of those guys are gone. They're all in the pros, and you lose defensive coordinator Blake Baker, shifted over to LSU. So while I think it'll still look like the Manny Diaz defenses they usually have, which are blitz-heavy, aggressive, uh, they, they lose a lot of firepower there at the edge rush, uh, pass rush spot. So I like Alabama here. I know they have a couple uh, or a lot of new faces on offense, but I think they still have the talent advantage, raw talent, and obviously the coaching advantage. If you give Nick, Nick Saban eight months to roll in this game, I, I like Alabama big. All right, now here's one that uh, I'll really have my eye on. I cannot wait to see the LSU Tigers take the field for the first time. They're on the road in the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Of course, uh, UCLA played last week against Hawaii, and that running attack looked pretty good. What can you tell us about Chip Kelly's uh, latest UCLA team? Yeah, so this is the fourth year for Chip Kelly at UCLA, and it's definitely his fourth best team. Or, I'm sorry, the the best team in four years. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of issues have plagued them the first three years under Chip Kelly. It was quarterback play. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was turning the ball over a lot, taking bad sacks, and, and they had bad penalties. Uh, and then defensively, they were really struggling there. But in 2020, what you saw was Chip Kelly fixed both positions, both issues. Uh, first with DTR, the quarterback, he cut down those turnovers. His, his uh, touchdown-to-pick ratio went up um, and really took care of the ball better. So you started to see improvement there at quarterback. And defensively, he made a great hire bringing in Brian Norwood from Navy. Uh, and really, they, they, they turned their defense around. And of course, we got a first glance at them this year. Uh, last Saturday in the Week Zero opener against Hawaii, they played a complete game, all three phases of the game. Uh, you know, they blocked a punt for a touchdown. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan running back transfer, uh, went for three touchdowns, and he looked sharp. So, um, yeah, so, you know, they, they, they look good. They did what they were supposed to do against an inferior opponent. But I really think LSU comes in there and rolls. And uh, as far as home field advantage, I know that that was kind of non-existent in 2020. Mm-hmm. It's still non-existent in, in UCLA. If you watched them last Saturday, it was their lowest attendance in 20 or 30 years since 1992. Uh, I think they, they had 30,000 officially. Um, I don't know. Unofficially, that number looked pretty high. It was, it was empty at, uh, in the Rose Bowl. So I imagine it's going to be a lot of purple and gold and uh, going to feel like uh, Baton Rouge West out there. So I like LSU at, really at every position group to, uh, to have the advantage. Now, it looks like we're going to have some fireworks here again in Atlanta come Monday evening with uh, Ole Miss and Louisville 
closing the week here in the SEC. What can you tell us about uh, this matchup and uh, Scott Satterfield's latest team? Yeah, so Louisville, what, what they bring under Scott Satterfield, it's a very balanced attack. Uh, they're one of the few, I think one of only four programs out there that average 200-plus yards passing and 200 yards plus rushing per game uh, in both his years, 19 and 20. So a very balanced attack. Uh, that's what they're going to try and do this year, although they lose so much firepower to the pros. Uh, they're great one-two punch at receiver of 2-2 Atwell and uh, Des Fitzpatrick, both drafted. And then um, Hawkins, their 1,500-yard rusher gone. So they're replacing really their three biggest playmakers on offense. Malik Cunningham is pretty accurate as a passer. He had a great year in 2019, took a little bit of a step back in 2020. Um, but I think that he's still a solid quarterback. It's just a matter of who's he going to get the ball to. But really a glaring issue for Louisville is their offensive line. It's been the worst offensive line in America, or at least in Power 5, uh, even before Lamar Jackson was there winning the Heisman. Uh, they, you know, they, they can't block anyone. They lead the nation in sacks uh, per season. So that's still an issue until proven otherwise. Uh, and lastly, what, what really plagued their season last year was turnovers uh, on both sides of the ball. It was They were giving the ball up like crazy on offense, and really struggled with takeaways on defense. And I know the turnovers are sometimes luck or random, but uh, these were poor decisions on offense and just dropped picks and uh, not enough forced fumbles on defense. So that really held them back in the win-loss column. So I think it's a, a decent team. I do think Ole Miss, uh, obviously, with their offense, they're going to put up a ton of points. When you look at Louisville's defense last year, they gave up 46 to Georgia Tech, who was a three-win team. They gave up 42 to Virginia Tech, 34 to B.C., you know, these are not incredible offenses by any means. So I can't imagine what Ole Miss is going to do with Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin. Um, I think Ole Miss wins big time. All right, I saved the best for the last. Georgia and Clemson in Charlotte, the heavyweight showdown. What can you tell us about the Clemson Tigers and who do you like in the matchup? Yeah, so this is the headliner of the weekend. It's our biggest non-conference game since I think 2016 or 17. I, I'm drawing a blank on the year when it was Florida State versus Alabama there in the top five, both mm -hmm. facing off. And I think this one's going to be more exciting because back in that game, Florida State's quarterback was knocked out in the first quarter, and it was kind of a, 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 you know, a snoozer. So mm -hmm. I think we're in for an incredible matchup here. It's, uh, it's strength on strength. And, um, you know, if you read the preview book so far or saw some tweets, I have Georgia not only winning the SEC but making the college football playoff, and I don't have Clemson in the bracket. So – this game is pretty foundational to my season preview and all the research I put in. So I think Georgia wins it um, specifically for a position matchup. I really like is Georgia's front seven against Clemson's offensive line. And when you look at Clemson during the Dabo dynasty, you know, their great years there in 18 and 19, their offensive line was number one in the country in yards per carry and run push uh, both years. But last year you saw a big step back. They went from number one all the way down to 70, which is below average. So, um, you know, that's a huge question mark coming into 2021. Can they get back to their peak or is this going to be a growing issue? They lose Travis Etienne, who was a big part of that factor too. So, um, you know, couple that with that coming out saying they're going to rotate their centers throughout the game. Uh, I've never heard of that. That's going to be disastrous uh, considering how important a center is to the offensive line and the calls and, uh, you know, the pre-snap adjustments. So uh, I like Georgia's front seven to roll there, really put pressure on a new starter, DJU for Clemson and I have Georgia winning a tight one. I have them winning by three. I know that uh, the Vegas spread is their underdog by three. So I have them winning straight out. Well, we certainly do appreciate that bet four and oh, it sounds like for the SEC and these marquee matchups. So man, what 
insight and information you can provide. And like, I kind of joke, but it's not really a joke. Shane and I, we don't know anything about these teams. So we really do appreciate uh, the insight that you can provide on these non-conference opponents because we're just so excited for the season opener. People are going to eat this up. Can you tell us uh, one more time, Brent, before we let you go, where fans can find your Pick 6 Previews magazine? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, and, and it's great to have non-conference back. You guys know how important perception is in this sport. I mean, uh, perception really drives the, the rankings, which gets you better TV slots, which gets you improved uh, you know, impressions on recruits, and then the more recruits come, the more wins come, and the cycle completes itself. So uh, perception's everything, and this is a huge weekend for the SEC, and uh, it's not just me saying that's on an SEC show. I've got all four of them winning straight up. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. It's pick6previews.com. Uh, and on there, you can see a couple sample teams. Use discount code SEC if interested. And uh, on Twitter, at Pick 6 Previews, all spelled out. All right, Brett, I really, really do appreciate it. Have a great uh, start to the season, and I look forward to having you back on the show soon. Yeah, enjoy, guys. It's been a long time coming, so enjoy this one. All right, Shane, so a great interview there from Brett, as always, previewing the big matchups here this weekend in the SEC. But are you ready to make our official picks for week one action? Mike, I was born ready. Let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> All right, Shane, so I don't, the one game I don't have a line on. I, I did remember I said I saw it on DraftKings, whatever. It was like a 40-point margin here. But Eastern Illinois at South Carolina, that, like I said, there's uh, no line listed here at FanDuel, which is an official sponsor of the show. So uh, just maybe something you'll be looking forward to for the Gamecocks. What, what's one thing you'll have your eye on in that matchup? Uh, Marshawn. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. the guy I've been patting him up for a few years now. And we got to, now we're going to finally get to see him in action. Uh, he is, he is RB1. Uh, you know, with the injuries and everything that they're having to deal with, I expect them to lead hard on the running game. Mm -hmm. And uh, that leads with, I think, one of the best running backs in the conference that nobody's heard of. So uh, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to. What about you? Yeah, I think a lot of people naturally are going to mention Zeb Nolan, the quarterback, but uh, mm -hmm. you, you already hit on the running back. So I'll say the receivers because that's a unit that we really need to step up. And uh, I'm not really sure what the Gamecocks got at that position. Eastern Illinois should be an opponent that they handle easily. And uh, one little bonus, I mean, there's no doubt that uh, this is going to be the strength of the defense. But I want to see this defensive line with uh, so many studs, a couple five stars on that uh, a defensive line for the Gamecocks. This is a game where you don't need those guys to dominate, but I think they got to. I mean, it's. When you're playing right. uh, Eastern Illinois, just you know, throw these guys around like the rag dolls. They will be in front of uh, Jordan Birch and uh, and company. And I just, I really want to see that defensive line for the Gamecocks dominate uh, to to get some momentum heading into the season. Yeah, don't don't be a game. Don't be uh, don't be the team everybody's talking about in the third quarter. Like. Oh my God, Illinois is still hanging in this thing, you know, just be a blowout. And that's what you got with the talent. I mean, just the, the two different talents on these rosters should not be close at all. You got a score prediction for this one, Shane, South Carolina, Eastern Illinois. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit lower, but I still think it's a domination game. Um, I'm going to go 38 South Carolina, Eastern Illinois, three. Ooh, I'm going ooh, almost similar, a little bit different. South Carolina, 48, Eastern Illinois. I'm right there with you. They're, 
They're going to get that field goal somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shay, the, uh, the only noon Eastern time, 11 o'clock Central kickoff that we got in the SEC this weekend. Louisiana Monroe at Kentucky. The Wildcats favored by 30 and a half points. <laughs> Over-unders at 53 and a half. Who do you like in this matchup? Oh, give me Kentucky Wildcats by a lot of points, man. I think similar to Tennessee and, and Hopple's offense, I think they're going to come out and want to make a statement. This isn't the same Kentucky team that you've seen in years past. They've got a new offense. They've got new toys. And I think they're really going to stretch the field. The defense is still going to be dominant in this game. Uh, give me Kentucky big. I like the over, man. Uh, Kentucky 49. Give me uh, UL Monroe 10. Ooh, man, when you and I, Shane, are lockstep, I get nervous based on last year's <laughs> record. But, uh, yeah, I like a lot of what you said. Defense going to dominate this uh, Rich Rod offense. I know, uh, you know, at times he had some nice things there with Ole Miss, but his offense seems very one-dimensional these days. I really want to see uh, Chris Rodriguez go wild in this game. Want to see the mm -hmm. impact Wondell Robinson has and uh, kind of the back and forth. And, you know, a little slight update here on Thursday, Shane. I thought this was pretty noteworthy that uh, Kentucky announced their team captains and one of the captains, yeah. Will Levis, the new quarterback. So I think oh. that's a hell of a sign, a guy that, uh, you know, was not even there for spring football. Now a captain for the Kentucky Wildcats. I think that's a great sign. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I'm right there with you, Shane. Kentucky, 45, <laughs> Louisiana Monroe, Nine. I'm giving a couple field goals. How about that? <laughs> nice. I like it, man. I, th I think it's going to be a dominating weekend so far. So let, what do we got next? We got uh, Rice at Arkansas, Shane. Again, mm. Arkansas, huge favorite, 19 and a half point favorite at home. The over-unders at 49 and a half points. Who do you like in this matchup? Oh, you know, Rice has got a little special place in my heart, Mike. You know, for so many years we played our, our NCAA dynasty, and I, I was the Rice Owls, and I made them into a program. I brought them into the SEC. But let's talk real world for a second. The real world is Arkansas is a better team, and not by not by a little. I'm talking a lot. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of – I don't want to lock this up, but I kind of do, Mike. Uh, just, just what we've heard from Sam – just what we've heard from this fan base, just what I've heard, just the beat writers talking about what this KJ, I mean, that's the thing. They're, they're, they're pumping up the offense. That's not something I expected going into this season, and, and now they got me excited. They're sending me little clips of, uh, of miraculous catches on the sideline, and, and, and the hype reels are real. So I like the over, man, and I'm going to go ahead and do this. Sorry, Arkansas fans. But we're doing it early. This is my lock of the week. Not even going to be a ball game. I mean, it may be a ball game for like three minutes. But I think Arkansas <laughs> is going to whoop some ass. So give me the Razorbacks. 42. Rice Owls. 14. Ooh, I like that pick, Shane. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the biggest thing in my mind in this game, and it's, you know, this just should tell you the, the state of these two programs. But the biggest concern for me, Shane, is just, overlooking rice <laughs> and it and it has a lot to do with the fact that texas is coming to town week two and i cannot yeah. imagine how often sam Pittman and the razorbacks have been asked about texas and beating the longhorns 
and all the hype surrounding that game. They're hoping it's college game day. Let's hope it is as well. Uh, but that's, to me, so it's, it's more of like a mental game. And yeah. that's the biggest obstacle. And, you know, I've been hyping up K.J. Jefferson. Now's the time for him to show it. It's time to, to put the talk aside. Can he dominate like I expect him to do? And uh, if right. there's some adversity, this is a dangerous opponent because they're they're mm-hmm. kind of like a mini Stanford. They, they love to run the ball, grind it out, play defense. So it's a dangerous opponent. Yeah. But not that dangerous. Arkansas, <laughs> 45, Rice, 13. I like uh, the Razorbacks to cover and win big in this one. Well, you know, and another thing, man, I, I, I kind of get you with the whole trap game analogy there, but – you know, you're, you're looking at a team that had the toughest schedule last year in an all-SEC, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is the first time they've had an opponent that they don't really have to worry about. And I think that says, I think it speaks volumes. And, and this program is deep. Uh, a lot of people don't talk about that, the competitive depth on this roster. And I think that's where it really shows. And that's why I like the over, just because I think it doesn't matter if second streams it, second team's in there, they're still going to be whooping ass. Yeah, and Arkansas leads the SEC in seniors. You really think seniors coming back to, you know, <laughs> lay an egg in week one? I ain't buying it. You know Hell what? Hell no, man. They are excited and pumped up. They're just ready to get on that turf, man. All right, next game, Shane. Louisiana Tech at Mississippi State. Uh, them Bulldogs of Starkville favored by 22 and a half points. The over-under uh-huh. 52 and a half. Who do you like in this one? Oh, man, I, I, I'm – I'm fit. I, I don't know if I'm just that excited, Mike, but I, I'm picking up a trend here, and I keep wanting to go to the overs. I, I think this is another one of those the the Pirates come out and says, I don't know who's quarterback. I don't know what's going on. And next thing you know, you look up, and there's four scores on the, on the board, and everybody's like, well, maybe Mississippi State should be a top 25 team. I think that's what happens this week against Louisiana Tech. Uh, I don't think it's a ball game at all. Uh, give me Mississippi State. I got them 35, Louisiana Tech 7. I still think that Ooh. defense is legit, and I, I think that's the biggest flex of the Saturday for these guys. All right, I agree with the last thing you said there, Shane. I think Zach Arnett and company, that defense is legit. But, man, a little too much inconsistency for me uh, with Mike Leach and his offense. And I know they've, hell, they're bringing everybody back. Uh, that's great news at quarterback, running back, receiver, but not great news on the offensive line. So I kind of need to see them do it on the field before I'm buying that uh, the offensive line has, has made the strides that we're hoping they do. So this is an interesting one, Shane. I think this might be the most intriguing, uh, you know, outside of these marquee matchups that we got here in the SEC. I'm going upset special, Shane. <laughs> Uh-oh. Against the spread, Mississippi State wins at 30, Louisiana <laughs> Tech 10. So I still got it as a 20-point ball game, but 22.5 points. I, I like the points with uh, Louisiana Tech in this one. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> You're stunned. I, I, I stunned you. Yeah, we're, we're in midseason form already. <laughs> All right, next game on the docket, Shane. Central Michigan at Missouri. Missouri favored by 14 and a half. That line keeps getting higher and higher. The over under 60 and a half. So a high scoring game anticipated. Who do you like in this yeah. matchup? 
Oh, man. I love Mizzou in this one. And I'm going to tell you why. The damn coach don't even want to show up to this thing. <laughs> oh, Jim McAway, he's having fake surgeries up there, so he doesn't have to come down and face Eli and company. I like Mizzou. This is one of those teams that I think is flying under the radar this year. And uh, they're they're talented, man. They, they got a talented roster. They got a returning quarterback. I think that's huge and not talked about near enough. I know he doesn't get the respect, but I think he'll start getting it after games like this. Mizzou is going to put up a lot of points. I think the defense is better than people are, are giving them credit for. And, and um, I don't think this is a ball game at all. So you can hit, you can already sense it. Another over. I'm going Mizzou 42, Central Ooh. Michigan 14. I, I I can't get off that 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 little mark. It just seems so right. But I don't think this is a ball game at all. Don't be surprised if Central Michigan doesn't get those last two scores in the fourth quarter. Uh-oh, Shane. Upset special here. Uh. <laughs> the SEC is going to continue to roll. I love everything you just said. <laughs> you know, Missouri fans think I hate their program. Do not hate you. Jim McElwain, you're going to get your ass steamrolled this weekend if you even show mm-hmm. up, which it does not look like you do. Uh-uh. Uh, biggest thing on my mind, I just want to see how the Steve Wilkes defense performs uh, in their first test of the season. And, hell, it, to, to call this a test is not fair, but first <laughs> first matchup of the season, I guess I should say. But uh, really want to see uh, who emerges there uh, for receiver for Missouri with uh, Mookie Cooper and, and Macklin. Uh, Macklin's officially out. Mookie Cooper, I think, uh, may not play in this game. So that could hurt Missouri, but not enough to, mm-hmm. to in this to, to affect the outcome in this one. <laughs> I like Missouri, similar to you, 38, Central Michigan, 14. So I like the Tigers to cover in this one. Nice. All right, next game, Shane. Akron at Auburn. Auburn's a 38-and-a-half point favorite. Over-unders at 55-and-a-half. What do you like in this one? Mike, I can't continue the theme because <laughs> 37 points is too damn many. I mean, think about that. That's six, what is that, six scores? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a tough, that's tough to do against even an opponent like Akron. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think this is going to be a ball game, but I think it's going to be a little bit more conservative. I mean, we've got coaches bouncing around with the COVIDs. you got one of the best running backs in the whole country. I expect a heavy dose of tank here. Uh, but I don't expect them keeping the starters out all game either. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a tough SEC schedule coming down the pike. You cannot afford to, to get anybody hurt in this game. So I, I, I expect more of conservative play from Bo uh, and, and just and company. So that being said, I do have Auburn winning this game. Unfortunately, I don't have them covering the spread. I've got Auburn winning 38, Akron 7. I think it's still a still beat, but it just, <laughs> right, right. It, it's not 38 points. Yeah, you make a lot of interesting points, Shane, because, uh, you know, like we all are circling this week three game up there at Penn State. Auburn's got to find out what they have in a lot of guys at uh, a lot of positions, receiver, offensive line. Uh, we know that this, they got two stud running backs. So, you know, it's almost imperative that you, you find out, you know, who your starters are and, and, and who you got quality backups in. Uh, basically mm-hmm. across the board here on the offensive side of the ball. And that is, we haven't even mentioned Bo Nix, you know. So uh, does, <laughs> does he come out high-flying and he'll get that Heisman love once he throws six or seven touchdowns if he does that here against Akron? I think uh, 
I got no doubts that the defense is going to show up. So I, I got this one as a complete shutout. But I'm, I like what you had to say. I'm, I'm kind of buying it. But I'm not ready to go that far, Shane. I think this is going to be one hell of an impressive debut. I got Auburn, 56 Akron zero, so they still cover that spread. How about that? <laughs> Man, that, I, I, they ain't too many people mad at the planes if that's the outcome, Mike. <laughs> they may not. They may keep coaching uh, COVID protocol after that one. <laughs> All right, next, Shane. Let's uh, jump it on down to the swamp where we got uh, FAU at Florida. The Gators favored by twenty-three and a half points with an over/under at fifty-two and a half. Mm, 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 mm. You know, I don't think we've talked enough about Florida this year. I There's been so many storylines coming out of the SEC that sometimes I think we overlook one of the best teams in the country, and that's the Florida Gators. Yeah, you, you heard it with Dan earlier in the week, just talking about getting the fan support going, just getting everybody pumped up. FAU is not a pushover, but – they will be this Saturday, Mike, <laughs> at seven thirty in the swamp. <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough team to pull right there. So I, 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 I don't get me wrong. I've got a soft spot with FAU. I've liked them for many years, uh, but I just, I, I think the Florida Gators, they, they got something to prove. They want to show that they are that they are the East champs. I think that's what you know. It's just. It's easy to talk about the Georgia storylines. Is Alabama going to repeat? Is, you know, all of this stuff going on. Nobody's talking about Dan Mullen and the Gators. And I think they will be after this FAU game because it's going to be a, an instant reminder that they are legit and they are loaded with talent. Um, I like the over here. I, I don't think this is ever a game. Florida Gators, 42, FAU, 17. Ooh. Yeah, Lane Kiffin ain't on that sideline anymore down there at FAU. <laughs> no. I, I can tell you that. And instead, they got Mr. Backpack Willie Taggart. So, uh, yeah, and, and I think this will be a showcase game, Shane. I, all the hype around Emory Jones uh, from Dan Mullen all offseason, this is the time to prove it because, yeah. uh, you know, we got a real test here coming in a couple weeks with Alabama. So let's see uh, if Emory Jones can live up to the hype. And, hell, even if uh, – if he doesn't or if he has a huge performance, they got a backup that's ready to come in there and shine. So even if you go to the backup unit, you're still expecting points. You still expect that spread to hold. And, hey, I keep saying it. People uh, mock me, but I think Todd Grantham, I think his defense will be one of the more improved units in the SEC. Lock of the week, Shane. <laughs> Florida Gators, 42, FAU, 10. I think the Gators roll this week. <laughs> All right, next game on the docket here, Shane. Texas A&M hosting Kent State. Aggies favored by 28.5, over under at 68. Who do you like here? Oh, Mike, this is the year, ain't it? I mean, you got your coach getting an extension. You just got the hype coming out mm -hmm. that they're going to be the team to win the West. You think about last year, Mike, they didn't make the college football playoffs, in my opinion, because they didn't have enough signature wins. They didn't have enough victories that were just total domination where you said, man, Texas A&M is a top four team. Mm -hmm. I don't think they make the same mistake this year, Mike. And I think you do that by coming out here and kicking Kent State's ass. It's not even going to be a ball game. I don't Kent State be lucky to get across the 50-yard line with these boys. I got Texas A&M winning it and winning it easy. 49, Kent State zero. Give me the oh, over big the, time. The I, I, this is the one 
I wanted to lock this one just because I think they showcase, but uh, I don't know. I just got a soft spot with Arkansas. I think they owe me one. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, Texas A&M had a hell of a home field advantage with uh, about 25% of the stadium full. So, uh, <laughs> Lord knows how rowdy that crowd's going to be at 100% capacity here on oh, Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy. And it will not be friendly to old Kent State. I uh, like what you had to say there. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Haynes King does at quarterback. Um, I really want to see what this uh, offensive line looks like and all the weapons around it. Uh, I'm right there with you, buddy. I think with the talk of making a statement here week one, Texas A&M is going to roll. I don't have it quite as high as you. I, I do have Aggies 48 <laughs> Kent State 16, because I think we're going to rest our starters here in the second half. But either way, Aggies win big, and Aggies cover that spread. Yeah, they ain't got Saban up there coaching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're getting into the big one, Shane, here. LSU on the road at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. LSU Tigers favored by three, and the over-under 65.5 points. Who do you like in this matchup? Well, Mike... I, there's not an SEC team I don't like this week. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> but this one makes me a little bit skeptical just because of what I did see with the Hawaii game. Uh, this isn't a this is this is a Chip Kelly team that's not going to have any problem scoring points. It's I think it's LSU's games to lose though. It's it's you know do they limp into the season like they did last year or do, are they are they on a I'm just. I think they want to show the country that this is a new program. Stop comparing them to, to to Joe Burrow's program. Don't compare it to last year. This is a this is a new chapter, and I think it, it it's led by these these seniors on this team. I think it's led by some of these upperclassmen and uh, that that are making a visit to California right now to prove a point that they belong. Uh, I, and you do that right out of the gate. This is a not an easy game by no means, but I think it's close for a little while. And like last year, I think LSU struggles just a little bit to get their bearings. But by half, I think this thing opens up, and I think it's LSU all the way. Give me the LSU Tigers, 35, UCLA, 21. Mm. I like that, Shane. And, uh, you know, after last season, just such a lack of focus all around from uh, LSU, you know, well-documented. We don't have to go into that. But – I think uh, given, you know, the, the issues uh, this year, this season having to move uh, due to the hurricane and everything, and mm -hmm. I like the fact that, uh, you know, you made the note that, that, you know, less distractions, they'll be locked in. I think that'll be the perfect thing for the LSU Tigers going on the road, making a statement here. Max Johnson's my breakout candidate for the entire SEC. I think uh, UCLA is going to have no one that can cover Kayshawn Boutte, the only uh, concern mm -hmm. I have, Chip Kelly's offensive game plan going up against uh, Deronta Jones, uh, the inexperienced LSU defensive coordinator, that is a mismatch that I see that favors UCLA. But that's about all UCLA's got. Yeah. I even think uh, LSU may have the home field advantage based on what I'm hearing out there in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so I like the Tigers not only to cover but to win outright. 38, UCLA 28, 10-point victory. Give me them Tigers. Yeah, I really think, too, one of the narratives that you've heard from Coach O this offseason was 
Who's stepping up back there at running back? And I think we find one, Mike. I think we find them late in the third quarter when this team's able to lean on them and run away with the victory. So uh, look for some questions to get answered against UCLA for sure. All right, Shane, nationally televised showdown here. Alabama versus Miami in Atlanta. Crimson Tide favored by 19 and a half points. The over-under 61 and a half. Who do you like in this mm-hmm. one? Well, the last time we tried to make Miami sound good, they got beat bad. (laughs) (laughs) I am never, ever going to get on the Miami bandwagon. And I don't care if Alabama lost their entire roster to the NFL. (laughs) They are still going to destroy the Hurricanes here, Mike. Not going to be a ball game at all. Um, It kind of has a similar feel of that. South or that Southern Cal game a few mm-hmm. years back, you know, and they were acting like dogs trying to get on the field. And <laughs> next thing you know, you look up and it's 49 to 14, <laughs> which ironically is the score I predict for this game. Alabama 49, Miami 14, not even close. You're turning this thing off at halftime, Mike. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's kind of like you said, it's, it feels like we're here almost every season where Alabama's got some <laughs> showcase game and they got to replace so many guys and, and, and how, what, what is the result? They, you know, they got new coaching staff. Doesn't yeah. matter. They just start whooping no. up on the uh, opponent here. Uh, now I do think uh, Miami, you know, they've got a dangerous quarterback, Derek King, however the hell you say his name. Uh, if he has, you know, the best performance of his life, I think they're in this one. But uh, unfortunately for him, he's coming off major knee surgery. So uh, I, I hope he's 100%. I hope he's fully recovered. But that's a lot to ask of a guy going up against Nick Saban and Pete Golding's defense in a showcase game where Nick Saban's had eight months to prepare for you. So, yeah, I don't yep. even know why some people are even questioning this one. I got Alabama right there with you, 45 I think Miami scores a little bit more than you're giving them credit for. So 45 to 20, but the Crimson Tide roll and cover in this one. It's just, it's, it's the same old song, man. It's like, is this the year Saban retires? Is this the year Alabama takes a step? I mean, after 10 years, you're just like, nope, it's, it's <laughs> going to be an ass beating. <laughs> Put your money on it. <laughs> All right, the final game here, Shane, the big showdown. Let's kick it over. To the hype for Georgia Clemson. September 4th. A lot of people circled September 4th. You. Us. Everyone. Huge start for both of these teams. Georgia is a contender. Be smart said, no, I want to be on the national stage. Charlotte, North Carolina, the epicenter of the college football universe for one night. One night with glory and pride on the line. One night to set the standard we create. So what can we rely on right now? History. Leadership. We want to treat every game like the same. Let week one be week one. For months, it's been talk, hype, and headlines. But we've been head down, hand in the dirt. So maybe we don't need to go looking. Maybe it's just us. Maybe that's all we got. And maybe that's the only thing we need. 
But as millions tune in, remember the moments when no one was watching. Coast to coast, it's eyes on us. A reintroduction to the world. When that whistle blows on Saturday in Charlotte, we'll be ready. We rise with confidence, not complacency. A desire to be great, a hunger for more. Success comes to those who are too busy working to be looking for. So let's go to work. All right, Shane, the big showdown here in Charlotte, Georgia, Clemson. Who you got in this matchup? Oh, Mike, I've been – I think I've been giving this prediction all summer. <laughs> I just <laughs> – I tell you what, man, I was watching ESPN today, which I rarely do, but sometimes I, I flip over there and I'm watching the Sports Center and, and uh, it was uh, E.J. Manuel. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, Florida State, I think. Oh, yeah, and they're talking about how great Clemson is, and they had this <laughs> linebacker up there. I guess it's his sixth year, and they're talking about how many ACC championships he's got. Mike, mm. I don't give a shit how many <laughs> ACC championships you have. You're going against the Georgia Bulldogs, and the Georgia Bulldogs are on a mission. They're tired of the 1980 jokes. I'm telling you right now, the fan base – wants a national championship. You got Kirby Smart out here on radio telling them we're going to win a national championship. It starts by beating a national championship contending team in the Clemson Tigers. I'm telling you, a lot of people aren't giving old Sunshine the credit last year. I'm telling you, that quarterback was something special, and we're going to be watching Jacksonville for years saying, man, you know, Clemson had something there. Well, he's not there now. Well, I'm telling you right now, Mike, these guys are hanging out in North Carolina, and they are on a mission. And that mission is to destroy the all-time ACC champ team <laughs> in the Clemson Tigers. I've got Georgia winning this game, Mike. 35, Clemson, 21. Give it to me, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just cannot believe how many people going into this matchup, uh, you know, they're just making it about, you know, Georgia's got receivers that are out. Uh, Georgia's yeah. got this tight end out. Well, last time I checked, Shane, you know who's not out? JT Daniels. <laughs> and when he was in the lineup, uh, you know, Georgia had arguably, you know, I remember how mad you were with that Georgia-Kentucky game last year because you had money on oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yep. you know, Georgia had arguably, you know, the worst passing offense in the SEC, if not the country there mm -hmm. for a little while. Insert JT Daniels, they jumped into the, I believe, in the top 15 of passing efficiency. And that was a, a yep. guy that hadn't played in a year, working with receivers he'd never worked with before. That was a big issue. You know, who's going to step up? You know, Georgia's got George Pickens, but who else they got? Well, all these guys like Burton and Kiaris Jackson, uh, they all started emerging when JT Daniels got into the lineup. Mm -hmm. Now they've had an entire offseason to showcase what they can do and, and work that chemistry. I think I can't even believe this is uh, in doubt, and and I'm it's it's bothering me that I'm seeing so much negativity. I think it's just bulldog fans being nervous. So I understand it. Yeah, but yeah. Get the hell out Rat of here poison, with that. Mike. Get get the hell out of here with that. George is going to get smoked in this one. DJ Ukulele, whatever the hell his name is. 
I already said he's yeah. going to be running for his life. That's going to be the biggest mismatch in this game. I don't know if you heard this, Shane, but old Dabo said they're going to be rotating centers in this game. How in the <laughs> hell do you rotate your center when you're playing the Georgia Bulldogs, who's going to have probably like six draft picks in the front seven? No, this this mm-hmm. is going to be a disaster for Clemson. Uh, I do think that uh, you know Clemson's defense is legit, so I'm not totally discrediting them. I'm not saying they're a complete garbage team, but after they lose this game, Shane, I don't want to hear about Clemson going to the playoff because no. this is their opportunity, and they're going to drop it here in Charlotte. I got the Georgia Bulldogs. They're they're the underdog by two and a half, three points, depending on where you look. I got the Bulldogs outright by a touchdown. Georgia, 27, Clemson, 20. And uh, my favorite, one of my favorite bets of the week, the under in this game with the 50 and a half over under. I got the Georgia Bulldogs. And hey, we both got a sweep here at the SEC. We may be biased, yep. but we're going to be accurate too. You know what? <laughs> that's right, man. I think you hit the nail on the head. And, and, and that's the thing. Clemson has sold their sales that they are just a, a continued dynasty. They are a mini Alabama that, you know, like Saban, Dabo's just going to sit up there and keep winning championships. It's what, what Nick Saban has done in Tuscaloosa will never be repeated. I don't think so in our lifetimes. And it, it for sure, it ain't happening. All right, Chase. So let's, let's wrap this bad boy up. All this action here on Saturday. I cannot wait for it. I really appreciate you hopping on the line. I really appreciate all the uh, listeners tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. And hopefully when you next see us, Shane's not blubbering like a baby. (laughs) See you guys. Go balls.